Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. Amen. Let's give a round of applause to our worship team. And Brother JC, I mean, I could just sit down the rest of the morning. I mean, he was preaching up here this morning. How we need to surrender, how we need to come into a place in a community yoked together and yoked to Jesus Christ to lay our burdens down. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and we should be glad in it. Amen? We shouldn't be sad. You should be glad. You should be glad that you get to, not got to. I don't got to do anything. But I get to get up with all the sins that I'm dealing with. I get to with the pains of getting older and bringing my old tail in here and grumpy sometimes and because of just how the world is just throwing darts at me like this week. It seems like every time that I get up on stage, man, Satan just wants to just beat me down. Ah, old him. I'm up on stage today, and I got a microphone. So I want to first off recognize uh, Pastor Adam and Tracy for allowing me to speak to you good people today. Also, I want to recognize Thrive Church for your community, what you have done to all of our ordination people. Um, I want to just, can we give a hand for JC and Liz from last Sunday? I mean, my goodness. We really needed that on Mother's Day. It was awesome. Thank y'all. And uh, I want to thank Jesus Christ for giving me purpose and giving me a community and a church that I can minister. Now, I know it's been two weeks and Pastor Tracy and Pastor Adam has not been here, but I want y'all to calm down. I want you to take a breath. You're in good hands. I mean, I don't want to brag or anything, but... (laughs) I was the 1991 KFC Employee of the Month. And that was on North Church Street in Burlington, North Carolina. Now, 1991, I was a lot skinnier, but I had a luscious do, okay? It was long, bleached blonde, and I had it shaved like the Nasty Boys, if you ever watch wrestling. Um... But things we're going to talk about today is one thing is I'm quick-witted, got a dry sense of humor, uh, and I like to talk. If you get around me just for a couple of seconds, you'll know I love to talk. You don't even have to give me a microphone. And because of that, I um, learned real quick how to talk on my feet back in the day. I almost got stabbed by another employee while I was cooking the Colonel's secret recipe. And if it wasn't for another employee that saved my life, I might be bleeding out before you today. (laughs) Just saying. So, if you remember not too long ago, in the first Sunday of January, the ordination team, we uh, gave uh, five-minute messages on what we can control better and what we need to work on. Uh, I need to work on entertaining gossip, rumors, and also my tongue. Now, this is my 26th year in law enforcement, 
And if you're in that community, the first responder community, and this happens everywhere, but especially in my bubble, there's a lot of gossip, a lot of rumors, and it is not G-rated language. It's usually X-rated language uh, between ourselves telling nasty jokes and also the people that we meet and we serve daily is usually on their worst day. So the vernacular and the colorful adjectives is what we hear and it's what we imitate. Now through my years, I've been able to cull some of that down. And this year I've really did well stopping the gossip and the rumors. Now when people talk, I'm like, yep, see ya, I'm gone. Yeah, I, I'm not into that. I'm not going to entertain that. I'm still having to watch what I say. Really have to watch what I say because I'm a big personality. Amen? So if you wasn't here, I'm going to give a recap on uh, what I talked about in that five-minute little jaunt. And our words can be used to praise or condemn someone. Our words can inspire, uplift, commend, encourage, but they can also destroy. They can curse, they can hurt, they can defame someone. Can you remember the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, in my opinion, words can hurt more than broken bones. At least bones can heal. I've been affected and I've affected other people. Well, words, these scars are so deep into the core of our being, you can't see them. And they're like open wounds that it's like what I say uh, at my job, sometimes we're putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound right? It's just temporary and they just keep falling off. Words hurt people. And we have to remember what we say affects other people. And it also affects us. So there's multiple scriptures regarding how to control our tongue. And we're going to dive into the balance of good and evil and what is good and what is bad. And ultimately what we want to do is gain control of what we say, our tongues, and bring more holy and uh, glory to God. So let's start off with a story. Everybody loves stories, right? So father and son went camping and made a big old campfire. I'm going to pretend that this is in the fall where it's crisp and cold. Nobody likes campfires when it's 100 degrees out. People and the humidity's high. Some people do. I don't. So, And it's my story. I'm going to say it's in the fall. So, father and son are out there and they just cooked up this big old meal on the open flames and their bellies are full. And, you know, the son's like, hey, Paul, can you tell me some stories? So he's like, okay, okay, I'll tell you some stories. So he probably told some ghost stories that happened at night. He probably uh, told some stories about him growing up and camping with his father and so on and so forth. But out of these stories, the father hit the mark on one that had a lesson attached to it. He said, son, there are two wolves that are always fighting. One is darkness and despair. One is light and hope. And I could see and I could picture the son just like creeping up toward his dad and like really engaged in this conversation. And he's like, dad, which wolf wins? And he says, the one you feed. So today, our main question is, which wolf wins when taming your tongue? We're going to look at James 
chapter 3, verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the, the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Now when we're in dry seasons, if we have a dry season this year, I'm just saying, it's like every weekend it's raining, but when we have dry seasons, at work I get emails from emergency management in Guilford County that talks about burning bans. Uh, the Sheriff's Department is, enforces burning bans in the county. Um, and usually it's for high winds or really dry seasons. When we go to the beach, we go to Atlantic Beach, Moorhead. When we go down 70, well, if you go down 70, you know there's a long stretch of the National Forest out there, and there's a sign that makes me chuckle every time, which is Smokey the Bear. Now, some of you might not know Smokey, but Smokey, before G.I. Joe come on and said, even you can prevent forest fires, and then maybe, the, you know, then Yogi the Bear come on. And I got confused when I was little. Hey, boo-boo, where's the picnic basket? Hey, Yogi. Anyway, just like in the book of James, anyone who doesn't watch where their sparks go, it can turn into a large brush or forest fire. Just one spark can be the sole reason why people lose their homes, possessions, and in extreme cases, their lives. This reminds me of all the fires that our brothers and sisters in California and the western states that they have to deal with, with the smoke jumpers and all the firemen that risk their lives daily because fires devastate communities and homes. Our tongues can spark that fire. It can cause fatal errors the same as a forest fire. I'm going to give you three questions today if you're a note taker and you write these down. Can you remember a time when you set a large forest fire with your tongue? Now for me, dealing with my first bouts of PTSD from child abuse, it finally came out. I was in my middle 30s. I was a patrol sergeant working in Jamestown. It was about a 45-minute one way from the house, from Snow Camp, North Carolina. Uh, I was angry, tired, depressed. I was working the permanent nights, and it was about a 15-hour uh, day for me round trip. So to say the least, my wife and my two daughters who were young at the time, they didn't get the best of me. They got the worst of me and it about ruined my marriage because I was nothing but hate. I was struggling with this. It come out of my Pandora's box. My oil light kicked in, as you would say, and I had nothing but hate inside me, which came out nothing but hate. And I was scorched earth everywhere I went. Question number two, have you been burned or burnt someone by your tongue? I've already told you, I set a flame so large and red hot that not only consumed me, but it consumed my wife and my two daughters. So what degree of burn did you cause or incur on someone when you didn't use your tongue correctly? Was it a first degree burn, like a sunburn? Was it a second degree burn, which is deeper into the epidermis, which is the most painful? Or was it a third degree burn, which takes out the nerve endings and there's no pain? It just numbs the wound. My words and my actions scorched my family with multiple second degree wounds, burns. That brought tons of pain to my wife and to my two daughters. 
It was from hateful speech. From me being angry and consumed with fire of hate. Now I incurred third degree burns. I don't know if you've ever been in that position, but third degree burns because all my hate and hateful speech, I was so numb to the pain. I couldn't feel what was around me to myself, nor I was hurting others. And this was my family. Now James 3, verse 7 says, For every kind of beast and bird of reptile or sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. How is it that we can tame all the animals, but we can't tame ourselves? Are you telling me we can't tame, tame this little tongue? I'm just saying, people. This tongue can take you like a rudder on a ship. It can take you to blue skies and warm water or it can hit right into an iceberg like the Titanic. These words we use in a negative way can start wars, divorces, be fired from jobs, or even death. I've noticed this in my career. A lot of my brothers and sisters that are here today and that are first responders notice that. I'm going to give you a little context. So I'm a captain with the Guilford County Sheriff's Office, and I run the largest district. It's the eastern side of Guilford County. Last year, we responded to 10,385 calls for service. That's right, 10,385 calls for service. How many of these incidents started with ugly speech? These calls included assaults, felony assaults, mental health issues, and even homicides. Imagine in one of these scenarios, just one call if somebody would have been able to tame their tongue. We could have saved a life. We could have saved a family. Imagine that. So how do we tame God's animals? Well, i got a seven-year-old uh, shepherd at the house, and then my 15-year-old daughter, Madeline, decided she wanted another puppy. And it's a spawn of Satan. I'm just going to tell you, people. It's, it's part uh, great white shark, and it's got the claws of an eagle. It's an American doll. But every time I go out there to feed old girl, she's so happy. And I come out with blood. Just saying. It takes training. It takes discipline. Practice. Focus. Time. And effort. It's the same thing that we need to be doing. We need to train ourselves as discipline. We have to do it every day. Now, the core of the issue that I did not speak about in January will come from Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So everything that we do, that we struggle with, especially when it's vocalized out of our mouth, comes from the heart. How can you tell, you might ask? Well, what kind of uh, fruit are you producing? Is it rotten? Or is it good fruit? What are you pouring into your heart? Is it daily scripture and prayer? Ain't nobody got time for that, Jay. We busy. Because we angry and we want to listen to angry music. I'm not getting along with my wife, so I want to look at porn. 
This is true things. I want to saturate my life with a thousand posts of somebody cooking dinner. Social media. Whatever everybody else has got to say. Psalm 119.11 says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. What are you storing up today? I think we've got a lot of people that's got a, got a couple of holes that's leaking out. You know, and you're getting an oil change in your vehicle and we didn't tighten up that bolt because it's leaking out. So what does God say about taming your tongue? One of my favorite verses in the Bible is one of my favorite Christian bands is building 429, is Ephesians 429. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. No corrupt talk. Building up. Giving grace. Do you see the pattern? It's easy to push somebody down. Easy. I've done it numerous times. I've done it to my wife and my two kids. When I was on nights and I'd come home and it was zombie town. And I get an amen from my first responders. You get like three, four hours of sleep. Your kids are dangling off of you. Daddy play, daddy play. And I'm a zombie and I don't even know what ends up. I'm exhausted. I can't deal with my problems. I have to deal with everybody else's problems and so on. And I'm just shaking them off. How many times have you had the opportunity to give grace and you didn't give grace. What does God call us to do? What does Jesus Christ, who's an example who lived here on earth, tell us to do? What did He say to the thief on the cross? Ephesians 4.31 Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor slander be put away from you, along with all malice. So we need to get rid of all the bitterness, rage, and slander. Be kind and compassionate to others and forgive like Jesus Christ forgives. So, if we stop right here, and I've given you some Bible Scripture, gave you some funny stories, told you some of my uh, things that I deal with and some personal issues. And just like when we go to church, sometimes when we leave church, we're more confused than we come in because we don't know how to apply scriptures. Something that is awesome, and I'll always say about Thrive, is that especially being raised up in the ordination process, is that we don't preach, we teach. We want you to have some principles and some guidelines to be able to take this information and work on it. It's a daily process. It might be every second, every minute process. So here's three things that you can take with you when you leave today. Dedicate your heart, your mind, your tongue to the Lord daily. you got to pre-game your day. Pray that God will protect you from your mind, from the thoughts that lead to words of destruction. Offer all the words of the day ahead to Him with praise. Now, I know some of you say, pregame, can you talk about when I go to the race and uh, get a couple of beer sodas out in the parking lot? So I don't have to pay for them $10 beers when I go in there. You know what I'm talking about, people. Pregame. 
Jesus has been pre-gaming before the world started. He's got you. It's the same thing. Make sure that you're prepared and you, the day your feet hit, before your feet hit the ground. Make sure that you're saying, Lord, this is going to be a struggle today. I mean, I am in a grip hold. I'm in a chokehold the world's got me in. i got to have your protection. My mind, if you're not with me, Lord, my mind is just wants to go to the pits of hell. Please, Lord. But you've got to vocalize that. And you got it's training, and like we talked about, it takes persistence, it takes dedication. Hebrews 13.5 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually, continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips that openly profess His name. See, we choose to praise. We have to sacrifice slander, gossip, fear-based words in the language of hell. What are you going to sacrifice? When we hear sacrifice, you better be thinking about Jesus Christ on the cross. What did He sacrifice? Can we not sacrifice just a little bit of this world to be a little bit better on that road to righteousness? What will you give up today to secure yourself to know that you're going to see Jesus Christ tomorrow? What is it? What is so important today in this world it's keeping you from a full-on relationship with Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, for me, it's because I'm scared to death at times. My faith is weak at times. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm jacked up from the floor up. And I have to work on speaking positivity and encouragement into my life. I need to surround myself with other people that believe the same as me and build a community so we can lean on each other. That goes into number two. Pray that God will give you an accountability partner. Also, some awareness and consciousness of your words. Have at least one person that you can go to, that you can freely open up to. I'll call Pastor Adam sometimes and I'll talk to him and sometimes I cringe when I talk talk because I don't have a filter. He said, hey, Bo, I know you're having a hard time at work managing all those people. How'd it go today? And I'm like, it's a bleep show. And then after I say it, I go, hmm, wonder if he heard that. <laughs> well, you know he did. I got to work, people. That's why I'm up here preaching to me. I should turn this around and y'all just tell me what's on the page. You got to have people to know that you're going to fail. That you can trust that they got you. Your significant other is a great way. That's a great bond. But find somebody else that you can talk to because sometimes your significant other gets on your nerves. And vice versa. You got to have somebody. But look, don't yoke yourself to a person that's the same experience level as you. Because <laughs> when you're jacked up at that same experience level and they are, and you're going, well, which way we go? I don't, I don't know. You want to turn left? You want to ask Siri? I don't, well, I'm a Google fan. Well, we got to do something. 
have somebody that's on that path of righteousness that's further down the road, just a little bit. You need someone that has experienced more struggles, given more grace, shown more mercy, is more biblically sound, so they can guide you on your path so they can be a mentor, not a hinder. you got to have it. Be intentional. If you're supposed to talk, do it with boldness. If you're supposed to remain silent, do it with boldness. Jay Corbett ain't silent. I can entertain myself in a rubber room, people. I don't need a straight jacket. All I need is a mirror to look at myself and I can sing and dance and entertain. Ask my wife. This is my Achilles heel. I've been in law enforcement my whole life. Most of my life. I was raised on a 100 acre tobacco farm. Another being, <laughs> we've already touched that, you know, that subject. I was an employee of the month at Kentucky Fried Chicken. I've been a cop for 26 years. It's all my, my daughters have ever known. I handle problems. I've handled, managed shooting calls, homicides, you name it, I've been there and managed it. Million dollar budgets, meetings, high stress, low reward, and still got to go home and handle myself. And I can't handle this tongue. And I proud myself being a strong leader who loves their people. But I need this probably more than anybody in this room. Because sometimes I don't need to talk. I just need to be quiet. The Lord tells me, shut up. I love you, but be still and know that I am God. Be still. Be intentional. Psalms 19. Verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength. Take responsibility for the words that come out your mouth. Take that responsibility. Number three, and I think this is the most important one, saving the best for last, is practice speaking words that will encourage, will comfort, edify, and inspire. Ask God to guide you. To speak words that will honor Him and accomplish His purposes. The goal is to speak life. This means that you're trying to uh, practice Ephesians 4.29. Let's go over that again. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such for good is building up. And as it fits the occasion, it may give grace to those who hear. To encourage means to give support, confidence, or hope. To comfort means to soothe, console, and bring freedom from pain. To edify means to cultivate, develop, build up. To inspire means to motivate, excite, energize, and to breathe into. This morning and every morning I come in, Liz is in here on the Tickling the ivories over here. She's got a big smile on her face. She's so energetic. And the Lord does that because sometimes I'm not. I'm intense. I'm moody people. And I'll walk in that door and I'm go, I, I got no right to be that way. Look, look at Liz over there. 
She's got all these instruments. She's playing with her feet. You know, you've seen that guy with the drums and guitar. and the, She's doing all this and just happy to be here. She's inspiring me today to be able to get up on the stage to be able to speak to you good people today. See, we're so incredibly blessed to be able to use our words to affect the world in a positive way, in an uplifting manner, to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. So how will you use that gift today? Now, I'm going to recap the three points. I want you to get these. I want you to write these down or hit record on your phone or something. Come on. One, dedicate your heart, mind, and tongue to the Lord daily. Pray that God would give you an accountability partner, some awareness and consciousness of your words. And lastly, practice speaking words that will encourage, that will comfort, edify, that will inspire. In summary, let's all of us be around that campfire today. Can you hear it? Fire crackling. We're all leaning in to listen to our good Father. See, our Father speaks to us every day, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ through us, in us, around us. He loves us so much. Such a good, good Savior, and we have a good, good Father. And He's telling us this story. Are we listening? we got some hot dogs we just ate. Hope there's some ice cream. I like some ice cream, but that don't really go good well with a fire, does it? Maybe some s'mores or something. And we lean in and we go, which wolf wins, Dad? The one you feed. The one you feed. What are you going to feed? What are you going to sacrifice and give up? He sacrificed so much for us. Pray with me. Lord, let our words be used to uplift and encourage others. Let our tongues guide us to comfort and edify and and inspire one another. Let our hearts be full of the Holy Spirit and flow with an abundance of good fruits. Let this message change the hearts of the hearer and allow them to use their tongues speech to navigate the dangerous waters that surround us and to avoid all the icebergs of life. Ultimately, Lord, allow us to speak life. With heads still bowed and no one looking around, I would love to take this opportunity to guide anyone here in house or online that wants to know Jesus and start their first steps walking with Jesus Christ. If that, if that is you today, would you raise your hand? Thank you. If you're here today and you want to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ, raise your hand. Thank you. So we do things all together here at Thrive. If you would pray with me, Lord Jesus, I recognize I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. I choose today to live my life for you and with you all the days of my life. Amen. Let's give a round of applause to anybody that accepts the Lord Jesus Christ.
Thank you very much. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.